Welcome to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and today's show is brought to you by Talkspace and Athletic Greens. Please support our sponsors and check out our show notes for more information. As part of our Art of Living author interview series, our guest today is best-selling author Piper Hughley. We are especially pleased today that Piper Hughley has graciously agreed to read a passage from her book, so you will want to stay tuned. You have much to look forward to to hear that. Let me briefly tell you about historical fiction author Piper Hughley. Piper Hughley seeks to make new inroads in the publication of historical romance and fiction by featuring African-American Christian characters. Piper Hughley is a two-time Golden Heart finalist and is the author of Migrations of the Heart, a three-book series of historical romances set in the early 20th century featuring African-American characters. Piper Hughley is also author of The Home to the Milford College series. We are talking today with Piper Hughley about her new book, By Her Own Design. By Her Own Design is the incredible untold story of how Anne Lowe, a black woman and granddaughter of slaves, rose above personal struggles and racial prejudice to design and create one of America's most famous wedding dresses of all time for Jacqueline Kennedy. Let's listen as Piper Hughley reads about main character Anne Lowe from a passage in her new book, By Her Own Design. I have uh, chosen uh, a piece uh, from about the midpoint of the book. And about the midpoint of the book is usually a very important part. Um, But uh, this part is when Anne is about to get married to her second husband, Caleb West, and her friend, uh, Mrs. Josephine Lee, wants to speak to her before the wedding. So here we go. There was a knock at the door and Mrs. Lee was there. Everyone is gathered outside in the garden. I would like to have a word with the bride, please. Paulina, Nell, and Mama Nan went outside, leaving me alone with Mrs. Lee. I was a bit nervous. Thank you, ma'am, for the gift of the fabric for the dress. She nodded her head. Leave it to you to think of something practical and beautiful all at the same time. It's so clever. Everyone who sees it will want one. Nell says it's the bee's knees. I didn't even know bees had knees. I like to make her laugh at the antics of her youngest child. However, Mrs. Lee smiled, but did not laugh. Nell would. What did she want? I'm happy for you getting married, Annie. I'm going to miss having you on the grounds, but I understand that you want your own home. It was so prudent of Caleb to make sure he had a home for a wife. Yes, that was something that mattered to him and honestly was made easier by his mother's death. When you marry, you bring your things together with your husband's. However, she stepped closer to me. Your shop, your dream must be something that is separate from him. You're planning on that, right? It was a question that had haunted me. Caleb had asked me about it. I was thinking about that. Do you think I should? Oh my, yes. It must be separate. Promise me that you'll do that. Yes, ma'am, I promise. Keep your shop next day in your own name. Not Annie West, but Annie Cohn. I nod at my, na- my head. I can do that. The shop must be something of yours, not his. She patted my hand with her own smooth hand, one that had never known a hard day's work. Trust me in this. I do. Thank you for the advice. She withdrew into the hallway and I looked in the long mirror at myself. 
Mrs. Lee had been the white person my grandmother told me I should look for to take care of me. I was about to marry Caleb West, yes, but I was certainly going to do as she directed me. My shop was something I had been working for since before this marriage. I certainly wouldn't stop now. That, of course, is our guest today, author Piper Hughley, reading from her new book, By Her Own Design. And now let's talk with Piper Hughley on the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Piper Hughley, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Paul. Well, I appreciate it, too. The book is wonderful. It's just getting rave reviews. We're, of course, going to be talking about your new book because you're an author. You've written several, but your new book is By Her Own Design. Just fantastic. Um, I really love historical fiction. I know our audience does. You bring it to life so well with the career of Anne Lowe. And so tell us a little bit about Anne Lowe. Well, Anne Lowe uh, is a black fashion designer, um, and she's credited with being, I think, one of the first Uh, who might be known as a fashion designer in the way that it's defined by larger society. Uh, I'll put it that way. I think there are many, many uh, unknown, unsung people uh, prior to that, but that in, in the vein that society thinks of someone having a fashion design business and a house, and Lowe uh, is, is credit with that. And that was really the driving force of her life was to uh, design clothes for the haute couture uh, and for the social register of the, the most wealthy women um, in the United States. And most famously, she did uh, Jackie Kennedy or Jackie Bouvier's at the time wedding dress. And she also was known for designing Olivia de Havilland's uh, dress when she won her first Oscar. So those are two of her most famous commissions. But really what she was known for in terms of uh, these women who were very well, who were very wealthy, was that uh, her, her work was kept a secret uh, amongst them, that uh, they didn't want other people to know where and how they came by these fabulous creations unless they could be trusted by these women. So her name was usually passed around in secret by these women of the social register. So for a long time, she's had a hard time getting her due because of that. Well, uh, Piper Hugo, you've given her her due. And lo, this story might have been lost to history. I, um, I found it, uh, it, you know, uh, just kind of really happenstance. I, I just felt like a wonderful discovery. How did you come across this beautiful story? Well, I, um, I've known about her uh, as, as a figure in, in Black history for some time, but I never had looked into the, her life events as a potential biographical historical novel until my editor had tweeted out or retweeted out a not uh, a, an article about her, and so I looked at the article, and I thought, "Wow, she's really you know very interesting." And I uh, did some preliminary research, and I immediately thought, "Wow, yes, yeah, she could be uh, a great novel uh, and a great way for me to begin to write uh, the biographical historical fiction I've been wanting to write over the past few years." Yeah, it's fantastic. Again, the title of the book is "By Her Own Thanks. Design." Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
congratulations on the book. And this is just fantastic. I, I, I guess I'm drawn to stories about um, strong people from history, strong women in particular, whose some of these lives were just all but forgotten. But you just brought it uh, about so wonderfully, and um, and thank you for the reading too. You, you use these great words in the book, and and the bee's knees jumped out at me. <laughs> just kind of a, a classic. I I loved that too. But Anne Lowe faced some real setbacks and, and hardships as a strong uh, woman. What were some of them? Well, one of the, the biggest ones primarily is that it's believed, and uh, her family has chimed in on this, that she was a child bride. Um, she was married from a very young age, terribly young. Um, and that uh, the initial thought was that her husband didn't want her to do any sewing, even though it's recorded as his profession in the 1910 census as a tailor, which is very interesting for him to have uh, sort of tried to stop her from doing what she wanted to do. Um, and, and so what I made it in the book was that he wanted her skill set for himself uh, in terms of that. And, and that the contrast between the kinds of sewing that would be required for a, a tailor, uh, uh, that is a, um, someone who would sew men's suits and, and whatnot, were different and certainly not as interesting to young Anne Lowe uh, as de, um, designing gowns and uh, wedding dresses that her mother and her grandmother did for the, uh, the women of the elite political circles in Alabama. So, uh, yeah, that was certainly one of the, the setbacks uh, that she had to overcome and triumph over as well as, uh, and, I, I, and really the book uh, picks and chooses. So in real life, Enlo had more, a more difficult struggle um, in terms of some of her things, even the designing of the Olivia de Havilland gown uh, was something that I had created. Uh, her trying to go to school in New York uh, was another difficulty. Um, trying to obtain money uh, and places to start her, her businesses, the long desired shop that she always wanted. Um, all of those things uh, were difficult. And finally getting credit for these things. She did not receive credit for the Olivia de Havilland gown. Uh, she, which was, like I said, part of the difficulty in terms of getting that commission off. And only one person named her as the person who did Jackie Bouvier to Kennedy's wedding dress um, in the Washington Post at the time. Uh, and when uh, Jackie Kennedy was asked about it later, uh, she prevaricated a bit and was less direct in terms of saying and low. Uh, as someone would these days, we know how crucial it is uh, with a fashion design commission. You know, we see it at the Oscars and the Met Gala and everything in terms of who are you wearing, right? And the person responds. Um, her Jackie's direct saying of Anne Lowe would have probably really helped her in a myriad of ways, but unfortunately she didn't attribute her work to her, even though Anne Lowe was somebody who was not just uh, a one-off family seamstress in terms of Jackie and her family, but had worked with them for several years, upwards of something like 15 years. Just an amazing story. And, and mm -hmm. I, you know, the marriage 
at 11, gosh, as I was reading that, that was just hard to read, thinking about I have two sons and I just cannot imagine them, you know, at at age 11 being married. And here Anlo was married to a very difficult man, uh, an abusive husband. Mm -hmm. Was that subject challenging, hard perhaps for you to even write about? It was. This this had been something that I had always had um, uh, insight into. Not that I'd ever been a child bride or whatever, but I just remember very strongly being that age and thinking that I don't understand why it is that I can't do what I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I channeled a lot of that energy into Anne and, you know, her thoughts about that. Um, the unfortunate thing that I've discovered since writing the story is that this is still a problem in our country. Uh, it, it's thought that, oh, some that, you know, this was some kind of uh, thing from the first part of the 20th century and before, and it's not happening anymore. Uh, but it's only been recently in the past month or so that Tennessee was uh, forced by protest to put an age limit on their marriage. Uh, bill and say, okay, a minimum of 18, because when it was first introduced, there was no age limit there. Um, so it's still something that's, hap- that's happening. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm really, I know it's been difficult for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people who mm-hmm. are used to reading my work, I think ha- were taken by surprise by it, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's her life. I, I can't, mess with, you know, that particular aspect. Mm-hmm. I have to, to tell it. Um, it as, even though it is a novel, I, I have to tell uh, that particular part um, in terms of her life. That's how I felt about it anyway. So, yeah, the, I mean, somebody on Goodreads said there should be content warnings. Like, you know, I guess maybe there <laughs> should be. But uh, mm-hmm. at the same time, um, I also was familiar with it because she grew up two counties over from where my family grew up. Um, And and so I was familiar with what that life was like from the stories of my paternal ancestors, that child marriage was not a necessarily unlikely event uh, for a number of reasons at that time. We will be right back with author Piper Hughley author of the book that we're talking about today by her own design. You're going to want to hear the rest of this interview, so stay tuned. Hey, it's Paul, and I want to take a break for just a moment and tell you about our sponsor today, Talkspace. That's right, Talkspace. If you are feeling overwhelmed right now, then you are a human being. There's a whole lot to be anxious about between the 24-7 news cycle, divisive politics, all of this stuff. You know, we need to take care of our mental health and work through our emotions with a licensed therapist. For me, obviously, it's all about talking. I do that for a living. But talking with a therapist is another matter. You've got scheduling, traveling to the therapist's office, traffic, all the hassles. It's worth it, but Talkspace offers you a more thorough approach using technology right on our phones and the desktops of our computers. Using Talkspace feels 
a little like having a therapist in your pocket. That's right. That's why being able to reach out to my therapist or psychiatrist anytime from anywhere makes taking care of my mental health super easy. I'm more relaxed when I'm traveling, knowing if I need to talk with my therapist, I can just send a message from wherever I am. Working through things in therapy can be tough, but connecting with my therapist is not. Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists right in your state, trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. No matter what, Talkspace will find you the right therapist to help you achieve your goals. My goals right now for me and Gretchen are just to stay as balanced as possible. I've talked about this before, but all the family stresses, the challenges, issues in life as we age are often overwhelming, but we are making our way, as so many others do too, I know. I mention all this because sometimes it helps, and this has helped Gretchen and me to talk to someone with another perspective, trained, licensed, and prepared to offer objective guidance when we're feeling a little bit out of balance. I wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online and start therapy the same day as you sign up. You can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's incredibly convenient to have these virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. Talkspace uses the latest end-to-end bank rate encryption technology to store client information and complying with the latest HIPAA regulations. You're all aware of HIPAA and Talkspace is HIPAA compliant, and it's affordable. Talkspace is a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. Instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist 24-7, and they'll engage with you daily five days a week. As a listener of this podcast, The Not All Better Show, you will get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure you use the code NOTOLD to get $100 off of your first month and show your support for the show. That's not old and Talkspace.com. All this will be in our show notes. Thanks, everybody. You know, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1, Athletic Greens, because, and I don't mind telling you this, I wanted better gut health. Now, I've been on it for 10 weeks, and I love it. It tastes really great. It doesn't taste like it is super healthy, one of those kinds of products. It has this kind of mild, tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All these things. I drink my athletic greens first thing in the morning before I take my supplements because it aids in my digestion as well as the absorption of all of the supplements, everything I take in the morning, including my breakfast. It tastes really good, as I say, and I've come to enjoy this routine and the many benefits like better digestion. As I say, that was really important to me. As a matter of fact, I really related to the Athletic Greens founder's story. Founder and CEO of Athletic Greens, Chris Ashenden, experienced a ton 
of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him nearly $100 a day. So what did he do? He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on his own. That says a lot about him <laughs> and even more about the company because they've been incredibly successful and good at providing this trusted, great-tasting beverage. And it supports mental clarity and alertness, too. You cannot beat it. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. This is perfect for summer. These travel packs will be awesome for you. All you have to do is to visit athleticgreens.com slash NOB. All this will be in our show notes. But again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NOB to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional endurance. Thanks, everybody. And now back with author Piper Hughley, author of the wonderful new book, By Her Own Design. We are with author Piper Hughley. Piper Hughley has written the new book, By Her Own Design. It's a wonderful book. It's this incredible untold story of Anne Lowe, who was Jackie Kennedy's wedding dress designer, as well as Olivia Haviland's designer. But all of this, much of this really, was kept secret uh, in the social register, the secret was passed around, but Anne Lowe didn't get the the praise or the recognition that she deserved. Any business needs word of mouth, and there just wasn't that. And so this was a right. uh, a black woman at the time who uh, might have been forgotten today had it not been for you, Piper Hoogley. And I, I, I noted that as I was reading the book, there's a lot of research that must have gone on, yet – much of this conversation probably wasn't had at the time. How did you do the research for this book? Well, as I said, um, one of the things that I know helped me was um, being who I was. There is a there is a town in, in uh, eastern Alabama called Hugley. That's where, uh, like I said, two counties over in Chambers County, where my paternal ancestors were from. So I already felt like I had a feel for what that early life in Clayton was all about. Um, so there was that. Um, I'm also in the day job a professor and I'm a scholar of Zora Neale Hurston. Uh, Zora Neale Hurston is known very famously for being affiliated with Florida, but she was born in eastern Alabama. Um, and uh, so I was able to, uh, again, redirect and rethink, particularly about her early childhood years from that same kind of sensibility. Uh, that Zora Neale Hurston was brought up with and raised with. Um, Margaret Powell was a wonderful textile scholar who had done a few years of blogs. Uh, that was part of the information I tapped into on the internet uh, before we started to get the Anlo Zeitgeist, which happened about started happening about three years ago, <laughs> uh, Margaret Powell was out there in the wilderness doing a lot of work on her blogs, talking about Anlo, talking about her research uh, into her dresses, um, and uh, she was preparing uh, by way of her job an exhibition. 
uh, of Anne Lowe's dresses that exist, and as well as trying to direct her energies towards writing a comprehensive scholarly biography of Anne Lowe. But unfortunately, she died of breast cancer at a very young age. She was less than 40 uh, when Margaret Powell died. And the book is, is dedicated to her. And I'm hoping that uh, the novel brings more attention to her and that uh, those objectives can be realized. And fortunately, next year, there will be an exhibition at the Winterthur in, in uh, Delaware uh, in September. It's partly to commemorate the 70th anniversary of Jack and Jackie's wedding, uh, which will be next year. And uh, that hopefully somebody will get, uh, I don't know, the finances, the all of those things. Somebody out there who's a textile scholar, uh, it's not me, but <laughs> somebody needs a patron. Uh, they need um, funding to be able to write this scholarly biography that is so necessary about Anne Lowe. And I have always firmly believed that uh, historical fiction does does an important work of putting butts in seats in history classes. So that's what I'm hoping uh, at least can happen. Yeah, I just agree 100%. I think um, history can be dry. And yet when you brought it to life with this wonderful story of Anne Lowe, it just brought all of these lives forward and um, – and you've been so kind and generous to to read to us about Mrs. Lee and um and despite the setbacks and the hardships Anne Lowe did have some some wonderful things happen to her she had many kindnesses kindnesses shown to her and I appreciate this the the story that you've written and and uh the reading that you've given us about Mrs. Lee, but maybe tell us another story about some of those kindnesses, some of those gestures of, of just, uh, uh, just humanity. Yeah. Well, that, that was one of the things, uh, that was not, I didn't have to create that in, um, the story about Josephine Lee and the work that she, well, the work, the way in which she acted as a patron for, uh, Anne Lowe, all artists need patrons, um, and that is very much the uh, the viewpoint from which uh, uh, Mrs. Lee, Josephine Lee, who was the wife of a citrus magnate, oh, and her uh, grandson reached out to me too. Uh, yeah, in terms of uh, the book and how uh, his it's not in the book, but she, like I said, she designed for the lease for many, many years, and she had designed his mother's wedding gown and sent me pictures and all that other kind of good stuff. Um, that 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 you know somebody can't can't really get going until they have that kind of financial kindness <laughs> shown to them. And, uh, and, and Josephine Lee did that um, for, I guess, whatever reasons that she did do it, um, she did it. And uh, she's someone who should be credited in terms of lifting Anne Lowe up and having people know more broadly about her in terms of helping her make other connections, like with, as I have in the book, Marjorie Merriweather Post of the Post Fortune, uh, Roosevelt's, Vanderbilt's, DuPont's, let's just say you name it, just the Rockefellers, all of the wealthy people uh, in terms of that. The other overarching kindness that happens in the book, as I said, 
Enloe had several shops, many more than what I was able to depict in the book, but that at one point, one of her shops was seized by the IRS in terms of money that she owed. Um, And someone paid it off. And it's a mystery uh, as to who paid it off there. And her, her belief was that it was Jackie Kennedy who paid it off. Uh, And there are other people who don't think so, but um, I just, you know, from a a basic viewpoint, this was during 1962 uh, when Jack Kennedy was still the president. The IRS is part of the president's cabinet. I mean, just seems like, you know, it just makes the Occam's razor mm-hmm. easiest thing that it could have been them, you know, <laughs> right, right, who took right. care of it. Um, so, yeah, and, and she, that, that enabled her to go forward um, in terms of wiping out of that debt um, and to continue having her next shop and to be able to design many more dresses and have many other commissions. Again, just a fantastic book, and and your research is is really wonderful. It's also inspirational. I I felt very inspired just by her pers- by Anne Lowe's perseverance, her refusal to accept failure. What was it that inspired you most about Anne Lowe? Well, it, that's that's a very good point that that she make, and that's why I think this book can be for anyone who has a dream. Yeah. Uh, certainly not. I don't see it as just for being for black women. It's for anybody who's going over uh, difficult times that you'll have during the course of your dream or whatever. And and it was very much that that quality um, and and the the sort of the aspect of um, her thinking about the impossible or imagining the impossible that I think is a very important part of having a dream. There are some times when people have dreams and we put limits on them. I know I do <laughs> in terms of, I, this was funny, is that at one point uh, before the, it was released, someone thought it was uh, Oprah's, um, Oprah's Next Choice. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, oh mm-hmm. no, that's not possible. But now I realize like, <laughs> I shouldn't be putting limits on myself in terms of thinking no, about no. my work or whatever. Um, we all do that, but she didn't do that. Um, her thoughts about, Getting to be from going from Clayton, Alabama in 1898 to being at some point in her life the belle of the ball was laughable in 18, uh, well, whenever she was uh, a young girl in the early 1900s. Um, but she didn't see it that way. And that's, that's a very important lesson, I think, to all of us in terms of uh, people who have dreams, dream the impossible. She did that. Yeah, I, I thought she did it so well. Do you think she was a happy person throughout her life? I think as long as she was able to make those dresses, that's that's when she was happiest. Uh, I think when all these other life things interfered with that, like having to charge people a certain amount, and so she could be, uh, you know, set, um, she could be a financially safe, all of that stuff. She didn't care anything about that. Those were like irritations, I think, to her <laughs> in terms of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Piper Hughley, you've been so generous uh, to talk with us today and uh, and to read. I, I do know you're very busy. This book is hot and the reviews are wonderful. I just want to encourage it for all of our audience because I, I agree with you. It, it's a story of inspiration. It's a story of perseverance and 
And you just uh, have done this superb job uh, telling us about Anne Lowe's life right up to her twilight years. And, and I wonder for our audience of older adults, what can we learn about Anne Lowe's perseverance, even in later life? Yes. Um, I, sort of the whole aspect of uh, someone who realized that, as we say, that she should get her flowers while she was still alive um, and graciously accepting that and and realizing that she had done uh or having the capacity to realize that she had done a great thing but also uh that she learned a lesson and the the whole aspect in terms of learning uh a lesson about oneself even as you grow older i think is important to remain flexible enough um fluid enough in your mindset in order to still receive the lessons that that life is trying to teach us so I think she did that. Wonderful. Toward the end there. Well, the book is The Bee's Knees. Piper Hughley, you've been <laughs> great to talk with. I just, I do thank love that term. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Congratulations again on the book. My best to you and your family. I hope you're all well. And uh, just uh, please think of us again as you write, and, and I'm sure you will. Um, come back and talk to us because I do love this historical fiction and your writing is just wonderful. So Piper Hughley, Um, My best to you. Congrats on the book again, and please visit us again. But thank you for your time today. Love to. Thank you so much, Paul. My thanks to best-selling historical fiction author Piper Hughley for her generous time and reading today on the show. My thanks to sponsors Talkspace and Athletic Greens. Please support the show and check out the special offers in our show notes today. My thanks to you, my wonderful audience here on the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Please be safe, be well, and let's eliminate assault rifles. We don't need assault weapons, and we especially need to protect our children and grandchildren while in school. Thanks, everybody.